I was talking to uh, my friend Patrick the other day, and I told him about our podcast. He's like, "Oh, I'll definitely listen." And I was like, Patrick "Yeah, great." Uh, have Blame. you have you listened to have, have you seen uh, Mandalorian? He's like, "No." Are there spoilers for it? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for like two of our three episodes, and the third. Have you seen Bad Batch? And he, no. And I'm like, Ooh. What have you seen? I don't know backwards. if you're gonna like it very much, <laughs> but it's okay because we have the Jedi Survivor episode. Have you played that yet? No. <laughs> so I don't know if he's gonna be a viewer. Hello and welcome to Force for Thought. Today, Luke's going rogue. Luke, what are you going rogue about? Today I am going rogue about the new Star Wars video game, Jedi Survivor. Came out just under a month ago and I had the chance to play through it in completion. Not completion, I did not 100% it, but I played through the story and I really liked it. I Shouldn't we do the uh, the music? When do we do the music? I think it's when, what are you going rogue about and you say Jedi Survivor and then we go to the music, right? Okay, okay. I Dad, forgot. That's right. good talk. Your dad's going to love this episode. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is our first No, well, cut that, cut that. <laughs> Boy, that music was good. Anyway, we're going rogue about uh, Jedi Survivor today. Uh, I played through the story, and I really liked it. So for those that don't know, um, I'm sorry that you don't know, because I will be spoiling it, it completely today, but it is the sequel to 2019's Jedi Fallen Order. It follows uh, the story of a character named Cal Kestis, who is a Jedi survivor of Order 66. The first game dealt with him healing from the trauma of Order 66 and becoming a Jedi Knight. And then this game is all about him dealing with what to do as a Jedi survivor in his prime, basically, and what that means to be a Jedi in this era of the Galactic Empire's reign and how he can fight and make a difference without, A, getting himself killed and getting the ones he loves about the ones he loves killed would you play it on or unless you have that written down i well. played it on pc unfortunately because it was riddled with performance issues it was well documented that at launch jedi survivor performed terribly on mm-hmm. pc apparently it performed great on ps5 and xbox series x so yeah. good for those people but i had significant frame drops and crashes i never had a corrupted save file thank god but I am disappointed because it did affect how much I like the story, which isn't really fair because I'm not that big of a video game fan. I play a lot of video games, but not that many different video games. And so I was really like, I wouldn't have gotten this game if it wasn't Star Wars. So I was really just in it for the Star Wars aspect. And I like it a lot less because of the performance issues. It's it's like if you watched season three of The Mandalorian in 480p. Like, yeah. It's the same it's story, just... but you just like it less. <laughs> and whether that's right or not, it's that's the way it is. But um, I loved the game. Uh, I'm going to get right into it. The characters are what makes the game for me. There's Cal Kestis, who's the main character, of course. He's fighting the Empire tooth and nail. He parted ways with his old crew from the first game, and he's fighting the Empire kind of solo. He has like a new crew when the game starts, but they die almost immediately, and he has this moment where they've been you know, fighting, dying, and he looks at the I don't know, the galactic map or the, the stats of what he's been mm-hmm. doing. And he says, wow, we've hardly made a difference. And that's what the game is about, basically, is like how much can you fight? How much of yourself can you give up for the fight just to fight something that is so unbeatable, at that's, least at this stage in the timeline? I feel like that's one of my favorite themes of Star Wars. And I feel like Max and you and I specifically really like that aspect, though. So, so far, I'm, I'm really intrigued. So is, are the characters in the first game, his old crew, not in it at all? No, they are. Okay, uh, okay. They they get reintroduced uh, shortly after the beginning, and he kind of goes through like a little bit of the same story beats of like found family from sure. the f- first game. But 
uh, it's it's different, but yeah, um, for the characters from the first game, Sirjunda, Eno Cordova, and Marin are all in it, and they're all interesting characters. They're really uh, supporting characters in this game. Their story arcs were kind of contained in the uh, Fallen Order Dark Temple comic, or the first game, or the Battle Scars book, and those are all good stories, and I like them, honestly, a lot more than this game, but that's not what we're here to talk about, but new in this game is the character Dagon Gera who is a High Republic Jedi who was frozen in stasis for 200 years and then Cal rescues him in this game. And I love that story beat. I'm a big High mm-hmm. Republic fan. I've been following it since the beginning. And this is the most mainstream the High Republic has b- ever been. So just from like a meta standpoint in the fandom, I'm really excited to be watching like all these people get introduced to the High Republic and they're yep. liking it. But uh, Dagon Gera's story in this game is he was searching for the planet Tantalor in the High Republic era, about 200 years ago. Tantalor is in the center or like on the edge of what's called the Kobo Abyss. Kobo is a planet and the abyss is a section of unnavigable space. And Tantalor is like this, you know, almost mythological, unreachable oasis where if you get there, no one else can get there. And, you know, because it's a video game, there's a couple of MacGuffins that can lead you there. There's like the, the Abyss Compass or mm-hmm. the Array or something. And so there are ways to get there. But it's a really interesting story point for the game because Dagon Gera comes out of stasis and he's still trying to get to Tantalor. And he's actually fallen to the dark side in his pursuit mm-hmm. of it because in his time when he was searching for Tantalor, he petitioned the Jedi Council to like dedicate resources and set up an outpost on Tantalor for like the Outer Rim. And... Then the Nile found Tantalor and started like fighting Dagon Gera, which canonically makes sense because the Nile are the villains in the High Republic and they are like technologically savvy. Not savvy, but their shtick is that they have technology that can counter the Jedi. And they're not Jedi themselves, but they have what's called path engines where they can travel through hyperspace in a very unique way. I won't I won't get too into the weeds, but it does make sense that the Nile are able to get to Tantalor, even though Tantalor is unreachable, which I thought was a very interesting development, and it was very clever story writing to have both an unreachable place and several people reach it. So <laughs> that, that was a risky move, but I think yeah, it worked out. Did it well. So Dagon Gera comes out of stasis, and he's still trying to get to Tantalor, and he's fallen to the dark side because the Jedi Council ordered him to give up on Tantalor after the Nile infiltrated it because the Nile became a galactic problem and they had to regroup on Coruscant and get their ducks in a row. And the council said, Dagon, leave Tantalor. And Dagon was furious, fell to the dark side, killed a bunch of Jedi. And that was one of the plot points that didn't really stick with me because Mm -hmm. other than Dagon Gera being obsessed with Tantalor, we'd never get like a personal connection or a really compelling reason for why he is so obsessed with it other than he likes it and thinks it's neat just wait till a comic i'm sure i know i I hope so or like in the high republic can explore that too and i hope they do but narratively in the game dagon exists as a cautionary tale for cal on the dangers of obsession and how it can lead to the dark side and that all affects cal in a really interesting way that i did like the last character in the game that i think is worth talking about is boda kuna he is a new friend of cal he's in cal's new crew he was not in the last game and he is joining Cal on the mission to find Tantalor and stop Dagon from getting to Tantalor. Uh, Bode has a daughter back home that he establishes in the very beginning, and he his mission is just to make the galaxy safe for her. So later, once Cal and friends, you know, beat the game, get the compass to Tantalor, Bode 
betrays them and it's like oh he was a bad guy and mm-hmm. it's played as a big reveal i kind of saw it coming from a mile away because there was no reason to introduce another friend of cal narratively yeah. like he had plenty of friends there was no reason what color to is get his one hair? more he had black hair oh he's a bad guy <laughs> but um it's the visual cues really it is he was al- he's also yoked like he is jacked yeah. there's no reason bad for him guy to be that muscular and be you a said good he's guy. human he is human which is a bummer because I really like when they include non-human characters in Star Wars in the video games. Are mm-hmm. just the easiest place to do that. Dagon Gera is non-human, and he had a cool design. He was—he was—he's um, a unique alien, at least as far as I'm aware. But he is humanoid. He just has like different colored skin, and I, I thought it was cool. He's also missing an arm, so that was neat. Just a fun little gimmick for no like ro- robotic stuff. arm or anything either. Uh, no, because oh. in his time, uh, he was trying to get the last. Kobo compass to get to Tantalor and his friend Centauri Kree had the last one and the council ordered all of them destroyed and she had the last one and he was going to grab it and then she just cut off his arm and then he passed out and he put her and she put him in stasis. Oh, so and he had no that time. was like right before. Yes. Like right that's like basically why he got into the back to tank because they were never intending to like leave him for hundreds of years yeah. but then um, the great disaster of the High Republic, the legacy run um, being sabotaged and flying debris through hyperspace mm-hmm. shattered the moon of Kobo. And for that and other reasons with the Nile, the Jedi abandoned Kobo and Tantalor and then died of natural causes or anything else. And then 200 years later, uh, Gera was still there and Cal kind of stumbles upon him. Mm. I know you have like a lot to go through, but I am excited for my next Rogan, which is gonna, definitely going to be the intricacies of, as you know, Max, my love and intrigue for the realty within the star wars universe but now i'm also very interested in like robotic arms and like limbs it's like is that like a dental thing like can you just easily get that fixed <laughs> is that readily available because like if luke gets one he's just like basically part of like he's like basically just a rebel like yeah he gets that's it like gotta, day of or something yeah i mean like, that's, that's gotta cost some money. They're putting their lives on the line every single day i'm sure they have some good insurance but i mean they're like a paper thin operation right they're kind of like scotch tape. I'm sure. I'm sure the Galactic Insurance Company is at all. Oh, I'm sorry, since there was a Darth Vader inflicted injury, you're going to have to go through the Imperial Insurance, <laughs> and that takes six to eight months. So. Okay. Yeah, I'm very excited <laughs> for this next Rogue One. Anyway, continue, Luke. I'm so sorry. Um. So those are the characters. The gameplay was good. It is almost unfair to follow up such a great video game in Jedi Fallen Order mm-hmm. because. That gameplay is great, and if this gameplay is not improved upon, it's disappointing. It's just the same. Mm-hmm. And so it was a lot of the same. They did add more elements, but to make a video game about a Jedi character progressing from traumatized ex-Padawan to Jedi Knight, which they did in Jedi Fallen Order, to then, in this game, go from Jedi Knight to stronger Jedi Knight, mm-hmm. it's just harder <laughs> to portray that yeah. and to make that an interesting uh progression system for a video game but i feel like you could do almost from like what arkham uh, asylum did to arkham night or arkham city where it's like the gameplay is really cool but you just have like a, a different space to to i don't know i just do battle in but also like the games are so far and few in between now there's like x amount of games every couple of years that i'm interested versus i feel like back in like 2008 2009 Granted, I was in high school, middle school then, mm-hmm. but I feel like back then it was like every six months or every three months there was a game I really, really wanted to play. Um, but I feel like in Asylum, like in City, which came out like I think two years after Asylum, 
going Batman route. But I felt like the what they could have added in Asylum, they clearly could have done those mechanics within that space. But I feel like they purposely with, withheld them. To so, make City look better? Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Which is just like a smart way to go. Yeah, I w- I've played those games also, and I was thinking a lot about it when I was uh, pondering my feelings on this game. Because it's a lot easier to introduce new combat mechanisms with Batman or like the Spider-Man game I also mm-hmm. really love. Because they are superheroes with gadgets, and yeah. you can introduce new gadgets. You know, In the first game, Cal uses how to do force pull and force push and double jump, which is like you know, the gold standard for a Jedi, but where do you go from there? Like he learns how to do like force lift something up and force push something down. And it's like, that's a little different than pull and push. I'd be okay with some, some gadgets. I'd be, that'd be interesting. Didn't, didn't he get to use a blaster in this one? Yes, he did. Um, that was one of his combat stances. So he gets to have a choice between like, he gets to, at a save point, you choose two of the, I think six, combat stances to go forward and they are single blade double blade uh single double bladed lightsaber um blaster stance and no no i mean like a a kimbo like two lightsabers like ahsoka or darth maul like double bladed lightsaber or blaster stance which he also uses a lightsaber and he kind of uses it like count dooku like fencing which is fun that's the one i use most of the time and uh cross guard like kylo ren yeah and that was another kind of com- issue I had with the game is that in Jedi Fallen Order, when Cal is healing from his trauma and he's like reliving his memories and lessons that he learned from his master before Order 66, Joro Paul, and then he goes to Ilum and makes his own lightsaber and he like fuses it with his uh, deceased master's lightsaber, Joro Paul's, and he makes it double bladed and they can break apart. And then that's really fun, but that's a very story-driven reason to introduce a gameplay element. Yeah. In this game, Bode just kind of tosses him a gun. He's like, hey, use a gun. And then yeah. you do. And then you fight an enemy that has a crossguard lightsaber. And Cal's like, oh, I bet I can do that. And then you add a crossguard lightsaber. And, and you don't need to. You can do whatever saber you want, though, as well, right? Like, you don't you have can, to. Yeah. Which you is an, which is always choose. an odd thing for me. If it's like a story-driven thing where cal specifically makes a saber because you want to know what cal Castus's lightsaber is yeah, <laughs> like, it, yeah. no you it tell can, me and you, yeah. al- you can also modify the design of yes. the lightsaber which like is, not just color like is, all of the components yeah you you were in the last game too right mm-hmm. which is very fun but at the same time like i don't know like if i was gonna play luke skywalker in a video game i don't want to customize that yeah that is yeah. that should be it, unless it's green i'd rather have green than blue but like other than that it's it's interesting because the game is canon, so there's only so yeah. much like liberty you can take yeah. with the customization and stuff, and like the story has to be very linear because Knights of the Old Republic is very praised for having like multiple story yeah. lines that you can go through, where you either go a light side mm-hmm. story arc or a dark side story arc, and that's really cool. But that's not canon, and so you have that liberty. Yes, I have put in a good amount of thought to this. I think it would be interesting to do a story like that like if they did jedi survivor like that and you can choose to either go light side or dark side yeah and then like what does that mean for canon like if they just don't confirm which way it is like if it doesn't have any lasting impacts on the galaxy or the movies as a whole it could be either yeah and i I just think that would be really fun i think it's worth exploring and i i'm sure that they're putting themselves in a box about not being able to break from canon and having to have an established I story, think, but I think they could work outside the box a canon's little bit more. Canon's so important, but like if you look at Galaxy's Edge, right? They just like threw two years in or three years in, they were like, I'm done with, we're done with that. Like, let's just throw... <laughs> Here's Gro- Boba Fett. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. let's just throw Grogu in there. Because how could you not? And that's the thing is like, I don't think everything needs to be canon. Like, games specifically should just kind of be its own sandbox where you can play 
in right and mm-hmm. then like anything you watch or consume like right like reading or whatever like when you don't have a choice as like if we're just consuming content versus like going through a story um by playing it i feel like it would be fun just to have that stuff be off and you can get as crazy as you want it to be yeah because you're still not writing anything off right you're still no. like if, if they came out and they said oh uh jedi survivor isn't canon that still doesn't mean that cal Kestis can't show up in kenobi season two or yes. something like and that and if he does that's canon yeah that'd, that'd be, be great that being said the canon impact in in the canon impacts of this game mm-hmm. are substantial because oh, well. the main storyline is that Seer is running the hidden path from mm-hmm. Kenobi. Oh. That's it was really, really exciting. And that's, that's cool. why they want to cool. get to Tantalor so bad because it's a hidden from the Empire so completely. If they could get there, then that would be... That's yeah. the end game you for the hidden You sucked us path. back in. <laughs> so there was a lot of, um, I think, desire for Cal Kestis to show up in the Kenobi series. Given that development, do you think we'll see Cal Kestis in a Kenobi Season 2? I don't. Just because I think if they go Kenobi Season 2, it'll be different i don't think they would go back with the path of the open hand yeah the path sorry the high republic introduced the path of the open hand and kenobi introduced the hidden path and i have a hard time keeping those straight of of the hand (laughs) right (laughs) so i i think if they went with kenobi season two i don't think they would talk about the path as much because i guess i don't know why i just didn't think they would he's like the perfect actor to also like actually show up in something live action i feel like age-wise i mean obviously i know it's no mistake that they hired a he's not an a-list actor but he's an established actor like he's in live action things yeah Yeah. and i feel like uh did you guys see the commercial with him and mark hamill yeah Mm -hmm. i like it i I like that mark hamill's like they never gave me two lightsabers yeah Yeah. thank god because you could customize them if they did (laughs) (laughs) that would be having complexes as a child trying to which one do i buy Cameron What's Monaghan was at a celebration in 2020, 2019 for Fallen Order, and I believe 2023 in London. And uh, he, he's a lot of fun. Like, mm-hmm. I would love to see him in live yeah. action. He knows that he's a video game character, and he has, like, a lot of fun with it. Like, at uh, this celebration, he kept talking about how they had ponchos in Fallen Order, because that's the only customizable feature. Yeah. <laughs> and he thinks it's the coolest thing, and you wore a poncho on stage. And That's funny. It, that funny. That's, he has a lot of fun with customize it. Customize the hair, customize the uniform, don't customize the lightsaber, if it's canon. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what you think? Yeah. I, I really liked customizing because the they, lightsaber. Because they do sell um, Cal Kestis lightsabers. Yes, which is, that's what I'm saying. It's so confusing. <laughs> that is... I would consider that an unforced error because it is confusing, but the Cal Kestis lightsaber is not the one that he designs at the end of Fallen Order. On Jaro it's just Jaro Tapal's. Yeah. yeah. Oh, see. Which maybe just like brand recognition, they had to call it Cal Kestis' yeah. lightsaber. Yeah. That's the, for sure. Yeah. But the people who play the game know that it's Jaro Tapal's and arguably like Jaro Tapal's better because Jaro Tapal is a, um, uh, uh, oh my God, I can't think of the species right now. Uh, what's Zebarelius from Lassat? Um, Lassat, yeah, thank oh you. Yes, he's a Lassat. And mm-hmm. so he's the only Lasat that we've ever seen outside of Zeb. So when you yeah. see him, you're like, oh, yeah, Lasat Jedi. I, I really like Jorot Um But back to Jedi Survivor. Uh, there were a few other gameplay elements that I, di- I didn't really care about because I'm not that big of a video game guy. They added fast travel to this game, which is really good for completionists that are trying to 100% it. But I think mm. that kind of gave them an excuse to just make one of the maps really, really big instead of adding a lot of smaller mm. other planets. Because, like, Kobo is the main planet where you're on most of the game. Yeah. Yeah. And it's massive, and there's a lot to explore. But for me, I'm not that into just exploring the same planet. I would way rather go see other planets. And I think Jedi Fallen Order did that better. Because, like, you went to Kashyyyk, and you went to Ilum. And it, so this Fallen, one is... Sorry, go ahead. No, sorry. Uh, in Fallen Order, I feel like that's something that started getting repetitive for me was like going to different planets that all kind of they just had like a different skin 
almost around mm, yeah. where it was like i feel like all these start all the planets started feeling the same weirdly even though they look different they mm-hmm. started the, i mean they're all designed yeah. like a video game like yeah you can't, exactly and that's only so it's much hard. you can do about that yeah but i yeah exactly because like um like all the climbing abilities and stuff it's like okay well we have to indicate somehow visually that you can climb this yes. you know or that this is a path that you slide down instead mm-hmm. of like yeah. walking down or something so i'd be interested in the new game just to see if i like that better just because that was one of my only gripes with the with the first one yeah um, that's i'm so sorry you yeah. were on a roll no you're you're fine you're fine uh but the map the map's a lot bigger kobo's massive uh you also spend a lot of the game on Jeddah, which is also really big and so to navigate the terrain there's fast travel but the first time you're playing through the campaign you don't have fast travel so yeah they do give you like mounts to ride on which is really cool um I was a little disappointed with them because you don't like do any combat or anything with them, or at least I didn't. But I didn't do any side missions because I was really just invested in finishing the story for before I went on vacation for one, and so it wouldn't get spoiled for me because I was really Mm -hmm. excited. And so you could record this as well. Well, yeah, (laughs) and so I could record. (laughs) You really get the clock. But one one of my favorite uh, little side joke. I don't even know if it's a joke. I thought it was hilarious, but there one of the mounts on Jeddah is a big like alien looking camel, like three times taller but and like kind of reptilian looking but it's basically a camel because you're riding into the desert and it's called a spammel it's literally just a space camel <laughs> space camel i thought that was hysterical that's like the last spammel. thing they added in the game like hey what do you got i got nothing <laughs> hey bill did you name that space camel yet oh uh, yeah yeah it's a spammel <laughs> but and, that that's, was, and that's where spam comes from folks <laughs> <laughs> oh now we're gonna look at the same so like spam up. I did like a lot of the game, but I, I it also had its issues. The biggest one for me was the way they handled Dag and Gera, mm-hmm. because I was so excited to see a High Republic Jedi in the Galactic Empire age, and we had the opportunity to tell a very interesting story of a Jedi from another time who has to grapple with everyone he knows being dead, and instead he just wanted to get to Tantalor, which, again, they didn't really <laughs> give a compelling why. reason for why, but... I think there was a missing story element on why he was obsessed with Tantalor. He wants to set up a base for the Jedi in the Outer Rim, but like he's so obsessed with it. Cut that. I already said that. Excuse me, I'm reading. <laughs> <laughs> Your notes are too intense. The first thing he does when getting out of his back to tank, when Cal rescues him, is bleeding his kyber crystal. Oh, yeah. Which was really cool to see, and I liked it, but that does bring up an issue with me that I've had since 2017, with the last Jedi, that he does not need to just immediately get a red lightsaber because he's a bad guy, like he, because he's not that much of a bad guy. He just wants to get to Tantalor. Like in his age, he was killing Jedi, and that's bad. So I'm not like a Dagger defendist, <laughs> but I think it would have been a lot Dagen more. Dagger did nothing wrong. Get the t-shirts <laughs> yeah, made. Get the t-shirts <laughs> made. I think it would have been a lot more interesting if he was less of a villain and more of just like a different path that cal like in the, the example of his story would be like a different path that cal could have taken but i feel like the yeah. game just had to very clearly and immediately establish him as a villain Bad, yeah. and they but didn't know how to do that narratively so they just had him bleed his kyber crystal immediately so it's a cool thing that's kind of wasted in a moment because i also feel like it would be cool to live in that gray area like you said not totally a bad guy but besides kind of doing really bad guy things by killing jedi but i feel like having a blue lightsaber or purple saber, like I feel like things like that would be really cool to see as a like in a as a, I don't know seeing a villain uh, using a non-red lightsaber. I know it's a kind of just the way like the visuals, mm-hmm. but like it would be cool to break that just to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. 
But because th- it was very, we, we see Darth Vader bleed a red crystal in the Darth Vader comic books uh, written by Charles Soule, but that felt very rewarding, right? Because last time we saw Darth Vader in Revenge of the Sith, he didn't have his red lightsaber and in A New Hope he does. So it's really fun to explore that. But like you are getting at, like that's that was earned, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. And he's no, he's not concerned. He's got one arm, right? Mm-hmm. Zero concern about the arm, just focused on the crystal. <laughs> Basically, insane. And yeah. in, in in his timeline, that like just happened. Yes. So he's like, I was doing something before this. Yeah, <laughs> like the equivalent of like ten minutes ago, he lost an arm. And right. He wakes up and is like, got to get to Tantalor. I, w- I wonder if it's like the equivalent of waking up from like a really good nap when you just get up and like you don't know where you are or yes. when you are, and you're like, oh man, just give me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> For me, those are the rest of the day. I, I can never recover from that kind of nap. Yeah. Those are the kind of days. I eat dinner in bed. <laughs> Were there? Um, I'm kind of going back to the maps uh, uh, topic. Were there any maps that you did not like that whenever you had to go there, you were kind of like, ah, this Ugh. place again, like the Batmobile in Arkham um, City? <laughs> no, Asylum. No, Night. Night. <laughs> um, Third time's a charm. I did no have Origins. That- Sorry, last one. <laughs> I did have that feeling a couple times because, again, because I wasn't doing any of the side missions, I was just yeah. doing the story. There was a lot of go to Jeddah and talk to Seer about Kobo. Mm-hmm. And then you do that. And it's like, all right, go to Kobo and do that. And it's like, all right, go back to Jeddah and talk to Seer about this. And I was like, Could have been a it's just a lot call? of back and forth. <laughs> and I was getting a little sick of it. Like, if I was more of a completionist, there's like a lot of side missions I could do on Jeddah and Kobo in the meantime. But because I was just trying to get the story, I was pretty annoyed with that. Yes. So, did you do any of the side missions just to test it out? Just to see what that would be like? Unless I did accidentally, I really don't think so. Yeah, I find the, this main story to be more rewarding because you can go back and mm-hmm. do those side missions. Because I feel like sometimes when you do side missions, you get lost and you're like, wait, what is this game even about? You're getting so derailed from the That's actual the problem story. when I played Fallen Order because I'm so OCD and I am a completionist. Is I have an issue leaving a planet if I'm like, no, I know I never explored that yes. one cave. It I, says 94%. Then go, yeah, yeah, you have to go like all the way back to like explore this one random cave. And you're never going to remember it. And it's like, yeah. yeah. And the game is so big. It's, I agree. But then the story is like the most important thing. But you're like, mm-hmm. that's a lot left over here. Like, yeah. how mm-hmm. am I going to not get that? Exactly. We're like in the Lego games, significantly easier or harder. That's the oh, worst. The mini kits in the Lego games when you're like, I need to get that, but I can't. But I now. need to super jump, so I need to go. Yeah. come back and, and free so you're play like, and play I am Jar Jar. Like, I'm so sorry, myself in five months, like the worst. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of that in Jedi Fallen Order and Survivor. Also, like you unlock um, ways to traverse that you can access new areas ah. that you couldn't before. And yeah. so yeah. you're looking at a like a big red gate, and you see like a chest on the other side, and you're like, oh man. <laughs> I'll I hate, be back later. I, I, I hate that feeling. Because yeah. then you're like, insta- again, going back to middle school, like in seventh, eighth grade, thinking about that in study hall, trying to plot it out in my head, how I'm going <laughs> to figure it out later. I've made that mistake in uh, Fallen Order, the first game, too, because I think Dathomir was one of the first planets that I visited. Yeah. And I didn't have the ability to double jump yet. And before you can like access like the entire second half of the map, you need to have the double jump ability. Mm-hmm. So there was a, a part where you get to like a bridge and there's a guy standing there and he's like, oh, and like he has, just has like a repeating <laughs> NPC line, something about how like, oh, it looks a little too far to jump. And you just try like, really hard, and then yeah, like I killed times. myself like five times, and <laughs> yeah. then I'm like, God, this is I have to unlock this ability, don't mm-hmm. I? This is so annoying. I imagine the guy saw you before you complete the line when you're like, Oh, I imagine he saw you. Like, oh, howdy there, traveler. <laughs> I think he does. I think he calls you traveler. Yeah, actually. that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> but back to Dag and Gera, um, I was disappointed with his character because of the red lightsaber for one, which I was bothered with because I have that gripe with the sequel trilogy. People complain a lot about Finn's character arc, and they say it wasn't very well handled. But mm-hmm. 
I think his character arc in The Last Jedi is a very good story about a non-Jedi character's struggle with the dark side and like fighting what you hate or saving what you love. And I won't get into the weeds, mm. but I think that's what Finn's character arc is about agree. in yeah. uh, The Last Jedi. And then they bring it up again in The Rise of Skywalker, which everyone says that The Rise of Skywalker completely ignored everything in The Last Jedi. But that scene when they're on the Death Star's ruins planet and Poe says, or Finn says to Poe, we have to go after her. You have no idea what she's going through. And Poe turns back and says, and you do? And he says, yeah, and so does Leia. And he's and then Poe says, well, I'm not Leia. And Finn says, that's for damn sure. Because Finn is talking about the struggle with the dark side that Rey is going through in episode nine, that mm-hmm. he went through in episode eight, that Leia went through in between episode six and seven. And because it wasn't telegraphed to the audience with something as obvious as a red lightsaber, yeah. so many people missed it, or at least just willfully ignore it because they wanted to dislike the sequels. And I just disliked seeing, maybe it was just being reminded of that in Jedi Survivor with Dak and Gera just immediately getting a red lightsaber. But do you think that uh, this will be? A, remind me to ask you the same question: if, is do you think that Finn was originally supposed to end up being force sensitive in that whole theory where he's supposed to be a Jedi and will show up in the in the next movie and whatnot? Let's talk about that in a little bit. Okay, yeah, we'll talk about that later. Um, but Dak and Gera's story was. Good, minus that element, except if they wanted to show a cautionary tale to Cal about the dangers of obsession and Mm -hmm. turning to the dark side, I think Eno Cordova is a character ripe for that purpose because, Max, you played Fallen Order. Were you shocked when I told you that he was in this game? I was, yes. That was one of the first questions I had as soon as you said his name. He is not explicitly dead in Fallen Order, but... The entirety of the first game, you're like chasing his holocrons. His ghost, and yeah. He's like talking to you as a as a as a hologram, and like he's the one that created the holocron with all the force sensitive children, and like BD one was his droid. Like he has a very distinct presence in Fallen Order, and he's completely absent, and they never really talk about it because I assumed because he was dead, but apparently he was just off doing whatever, watching. The entire galaxy fall apart, Order 66, the Galactic Empire, and he was obsessed with learning about other cultures. You learn about this in the Jedi Fallen Order Dark Temple comic that also came out in 2019. And he was, I would argue, obsessed with learning about other cultures and the Zepho, and that's what the whole first game is about. And then they just left all of that on the table, had him come back basically for no purpose at all, and then introduced a brand new character to tell a story that his character was already halfway along on. Yeah. So, I don't know. I was a little buffed with that. Um, I think, honestly, the only reason that they did bring Eno Cordova back is because Bodakuna kills him when he turns on the gang. And I think they needed to make that personal because, again, it couldn't just be a story of like someone that's not all the way bad but definitely not good just trying to make the galaxy safe for his daughter like they had to make it personal and had to make Bode a definitive bad guy and they didn't want to kill any of the other established crew members like right. Mirren or someone right and so and the developers were like well I think people already assume this guy's dead so <laughs> exactly and like Eno Cordova does do a lot in the game of like deciphering hidden or high republic clues and adjusting their technology to still work and like that his character is established as doing that, but they could have worked around that, and I think they should have. But regardless, Bode kills him to get the final compass to Tantalor because he wants to save Tantalor for just himself and his daughter because it's revealed that Bode is also a Jedi survivor, and he was 
um, working with the Inquisitorius this whole time, and he was, you know, sent to infiltrate Cal's team, mm. and now he... So that does do a lot for legitimizing his... So do you fight another Inquisitor? Um, no. it's I mean, Bode, if you count him, he's not really an Inquisitor. Mm. Inquisitor uh, adjacent? Yes. But the same, but not really. <laughs> exactly. So it does legitimize Bode's story of wanting to make the galaxy safe for his daughter because his wife was killed by Inquisitors and his daughter could be at any time. And Bode is like an Imperial informant and he like works with the Empire. But once he learns about Tantalor, that is the end game. That's how to keep anyone safe. And Cal and Seer want to use it for the hidden path to keep all of the children, the Force-sensitive kids out there in the galaxy safe from the Empire. Mm-hmm. And again, that could have been a really interesting story if Bode chose not to do that and just wanted to keep it for his daughter which they do get into bode says to cal like if you bring the hidden path here can you guarantee that my daughter will be safe and cal has nothing to say because he can't and that's a good beat but i really wish it was more like these friends just have different ideologies and not these friends used to be friends but now one just slaughtered his friend his other friend you know cordova and now he's definitely a bad guy and again they didn't. I don't think they really needed to make him a Jedi, but he took Dagengera's lightsaber when they defeated Dagengera, and it's like, oh, another red lightsaber bad guy. In case you missed it, yeah. <laughs> Those are my thoughts on the game as a whole. I like it because I like Star Wars. I would give it an eight out of ten, which I was just gonna ask. seems high, but if you know me, I rate. Almost all, everything that's Star Wars significantly higher. Yes, we, I, I can't we think, do know that. <laughs> I can't think of anything that I'd really rate lower than this. Like maybe the Book of Boba Fett. Oh um, man, that's not high praise. No, it's not. <laughs> the fact that it's eight is blowing my mind, though. It's like when I say something's an eight, it's like putting my my personal uh, reputation on the line. <laughs> you just need a new scale. You just need to say like, maybe oh, it's, it's like a Star. Five. It's like a Star Wars three. And should then, should and I do? You can it, just it would be like a Star Wars one or two. Yeah. Oh, geez. Like a video game yeah. eight, but a Star Wars one or two. Yeah. Because I mean, okay. there is a lot okay. of good lore in the game, which yeah. I'm all about. Um, High Republic, baby. Uh, yeah, I love the High Republic. The side missions, which I didn't do, like you're introduced to them still in the st- main story mission. The one that looked really cool was um, a bounty hunter hunter named Cage. She's a female Natalan character, which we've never seen. Um, in live action, there are some in the higher public, but and the, uh, debatable live action. But it was really cool seeing a photo reel female Natalin. And for those that don't know, the Nautilans are the Kit Fisto species, the, the green tentacle fish people, mm. my all time favorite by a mile. And uh, she it, was like giving out bounties to Cal to catch bounty hunters. And that's like a cool s- story arc. And I saw on TikTok if you complete all of those, then. Uh, Boba Fett comes and collects a bounty on Cage and it's like just a hat on a hat on a hat and I, that's mm. a fun element. That's very yeah. fun. If you're a bounty hunter hunter, are you just a bounty hunter then? <laughs> you yes. become the very thing you swore to <laughs> it destroy. Doesn't, yes, I was like, when you said that, I was like, huh, yeah. funny yeah, concept. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. But those are basically all my thoughts on Jedi Survivor. I hope I didn't forget to talk about anything pressing. Um... Say what you want to say about Cage. The if name? I, I won't. <laughs> real, real quick, for um, I, th- I feel like you should do a follow-up when you do the side missions to see if that 
I was thinking about that. Honestly, I don't know if I'll ever pick up the game again. Oh, no. Really? Unfortunately. I, you played I really it too don't quick? enjoy action-adventure video games. Yeah. Like, if it wasn't Star Wars, like I never think I want to go play an action-adventure video game right now. Like That's mm. never an activity I would choose to do if it wasn't Star Wars. Like Dang. I played yeah. Spider-Man in 2018 mm-hmm. because that was Spider-Man. And I played this because it was Star Wars, but... Yeah. I'm not that into the genre. See, I I would until I've at least completed it. Like I have no desire to ever pick up Fallen Order again. It was an incredible game, but I've finished it 100. So I'm that, just, I'm did you 100 it? Mm-hmm. Nice. What are, what constitutes as a good game? I know that's off topic, but isn't it weird? Like why? What is? I could still pick up Halo Three to this day and play it and love it. Mm-hmm. So is that? I don't. You know what I mean? I don't like know how tied to nostalgia that is, though. That's what, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, but shouldn't like. I don't know. Are we gonna have? No, it doesn't seem like we have any sort of nostalgia for any sort of games that are more recent. I know I'm not a big like Zelda fan or something, and I know like a bunch of new. I don't know. I feel like all those games people have been loving, but mm-hmm. it's a different. I did think of one other thing I wanted to talk about. Please save me from this <coughs> rant. I, <laughs> I didn't want to finish. In, in, insert this. Insert this. Darth Vader is in this game again, and Darth mm. Vader is obviously a great character. Yeah, it seems like something you should have mentioned. <laughs> I know. He, he's barely in it, which right. is important that they barely include him because he's such a massive presence and he's, mm-hmm. let's face it, very overpowered. There's no winning against him. And they did that great in Fallen Order. You yeah. remember his scenes in Fallen Order? Like, oh, yeah. He shows up, he slaughters the main villain of the entire game, and then Seer tries to fight him and he just flicks her to the side. And then Cal tries to fight him and just immediately runs away. Like, there is no fighting him. It's mm-hmm. just an escape. Yeah. And then and in you're this running game, out of Fortress Inquisitorious mm-hmm. and you're like breaking the walls to like flood him in and everything. Yes. Which was my only complaint about Kenobi, yeah. which was. Um, it was done better already. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, this, they literally did this already. But they, yeah. they, they do that again, though, later when his helmet is slashed. And they're like, oh, we. we that's a whole I'm Kenobi. I'm okay with doing that again in, like they did in Rebels, though. I was okay but, with both of them. So I was like, I like seeing this, so I'm not upset. But we, they definitely did this before. Already. Yes, but it is interesting with Kenobi, which we'll t- we have to talk about uh, soon. Yes, um, but Darth Vader in Jedi Survivor, he shows up. It doesn't make as much sense in terms of the story. Like Bode rats on Cal and Seer and the path, and then Vader shows up on Jedi to destroy it, which is very interesting canonically because this story takes place. Not in the year nine BBY, so the year after. No, excuse me, the same year as Kenobi, because Kenobi oh. took place in nine BBY, because it was ten years after Revenge of the Sith, because mm. Leia was ten, and Luke was ten, right? Yeah, I believe so. But it, it introduces an interesting thing canonically that Darth Vader gets defeated in battle for like the first time in his career by obi-wan yeah. and then regroups and he's like all right i need a win i'm going <laughs> to jetta i'm gonna fight well, seer and i'm gonna kill her I'll and just, he does but i she don't dies. she dies at vader's hand but she kind of wins the fight like he gets like a cheap shot at her at the end like you play as seer which was another fun gameplay element did you know that you were gonna die in that moment you're like oh i see where this is going well yeah because you start playing as seer when the imperials start raiding the path and it's like they're bringing AT-ATs and it's yeah. like bad news for Jedha and you really think that Seer is going to die and then Vader shows up and you're like, oh, she's definitely going to die. But then you do a boss fight with Vader and kind of just like it has to be because it's a video game, like he has a health bar and you whittle down his health and you kind of beat him. And I'm like, wait, I don't think I should be beating Vader. And then 
you have like this cut scene and she like makes one she like slices him up a good time a good couple times he's like breathing really heavy and then she like makes a final lunge at him and he stabs her when she jumps at him and it's like <laughs> vader was really on the defensive this whole time and they make a comment about how vader did not struggle with his battle with her in fallen order and she talks about how she's let go of her fear which is a nice moment for her as a character but i thought the vader element of this game was a little lackluster well, he, like you said, he was coming off hot off his fight uh, against Obi-Wan, right? He, he's a little rattled. Yeah, yeah, he does fight like it. But, I mean, it is interesting, on the one hand, though. it's unfair, but it also doesn't seem unfair to keep comparing this game to its predecessor, Fallen Order. But almost every single element, Fallen Order just did a little bit better. Mm. I will say the ending is very intriguing because Cal doesn't die, which I kind of thought he was. No, excuse me. Cut that. Another element I wanted to talk about of the game. (laughs) (laughs) Another element I wanted to talk about of the game is Cal starts embracing the dark side. And that's both a story element and a gameplay element. Like it says when he's losing a fight, like hit this button to embrace the dark side. And you do. And the screen goes red and he gets like 10x damage and he just starts slaughtering people. And it's a lot of fun to play it. And then you get that ability for like the rest of the game. And it's a lot of fun. And then the game kind of ends. And it's like, is he embracing the dark side for the rest of That's his how life? It ends? Yeah, so they so like never address it again that yeah. he was embracing darkness. They're setting up the third then, presumably. Yes, yeah. but that was kind of his whole story in the second. It's like, where did, what was his story in the second? If not his struggle yeah. with the dark side, it was just him embracing the dark side. But it's not like he fully embraced it. it they just left a lot on the table. But they kill Bode, and then Seer is dead. And Eno Cordova is dead, and they found Tantalor, so the path is kind of in shambles, but they have a really interesting place to pick up the story, either in Jedi 3, the sequel to Survivor, that I'm sure will come eventually, or another story, Kenobi Season 2, could have Tantalor, because like it is a really interesting story beat for the path that they could go to this safe place from the Empire, and they could you know train and grow an army which is what dag and gara wanted to do or they could just live and either way i would love to see it again but the story officially ends with the funeral of bode and eno cordova and seer and Marin uses her night sister magic to like light the pyre of all their bodies and it's a really nice moment and bode's daughter kata is still there and it's like is Marin and Cal, because Marin and Cal also start a relationship. They fall in love and get together, which I love to see. Mm. But are they going to like raise this eight-year-old girl through adulthood? Like she's their uh, responsibility. Is that going to be the third game? It's going to be her perspective. Foundling. I would love that. And we're going to fast forward fifteen years, ten years. I don't know because I mean you got to fast forward at least sometime and wherever they go from there. Like having found Tantalor and what that implies for the galaxy. I'm. Really excited to see where that goes. Honestly, I would rather see it in a book than a third game because it took me 14 and a half hours to beat this game, which honestly is about how long it would take me to do it as a book also. (laughs) But it was just, I felt like a chore doing it. Just do this to do this to do this to get, you know, what was the equivalent of 10 minutes of story elements. And I would rather just read a book of it. But it was overall a good game. Not a great Star Wars game. I'm glad I played it. I really wish I played it on console with the better performance, but what are you going to do? 
All right. Well, there you go, folks. That was Luke's uh, breakdown, review, thoughts. His rogue um, episode. That was his. That was his rogue episode. Yeah, that's my rogue one. I wish you guys would play it. I think you would. Well, like he didn't it. give a scathing review. He's never gonna <laughs> pick it up again. <laughs> no, I'm still gonna play it. Fat chance. <laughs> I mean, I'm never gonna play Fallen Order again. But I love that game. Yeah. How long are we at right now? Like an hour? Forty-six. No way. Forty-six. Oh. Dang. All Not right. bad. First. I, I, Six minutes. We're probably about nothingness, though. We're probably at about forty minutes. I was I was trying really hard to talk fast. I kept thinking of more things. I know. I felt about. bad. I felt you were in the zone. I was like, I feel like I'm going to interrupt like a lot more. <laughs> Anything else? How do you want to end this? How do we end the last one? Giddy 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 giddy, folks. Yeah, I got nothing after that. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, sounds good. All right. <laughs> no. Yep, that's it. See Thanks. ya. Thanks for listening. This has been Luke's Rogue One on Force for Thought. Giddy, 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 folks. Giddy, 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 folks.